This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast. And as always, as you listen in, you're going to get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, how-tos for your author publishing, and always on my list, book marketing success. I always like to open a show with a quote. Um, and actually, the topic we're going to get into, righty, and, and 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 especially the whole AI thing. But I always like to come back and um, tie in a quote from my book, Snappy, Sassy, Salty Success, and and see if that works. So, and I, I think this will kind of hook us for us. And the quote is: Most people say that they want to write a book someday. My question always is: Should they? So we have a, a game changer for a lot of, of uh, authors, for business people, for a variety out there where they can tap into the um, sources that are just popping up left and right in the artificial intelligence, is also known as just plain old AI world. With us will be Greg uh, Jameson and Greg is um, an author himself of a gazillion things. He was Colorado Small Business of the Year, his company, um, and he's been an Inc. 500 award-winning author. He's written multiple books. He is a wizard dealing with promotion, website development, with selling to your website, which he always refers to as a gold mine. But today, it's going to be focusing on this really fast, evolving, as the AI world turns situation we're all in. And Greg dropped by my offices yesterday to show me what he had put together, which is a little book called Written by a Robot. So he went on to play, which I think is a great idea when we have new tools out here. Um, are they, can we adapt them to our style, what we're doing, integrate it in our um, game plan, or is this going to be a freaking disaster? So with that, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Judith. This is, and hopefully at least the interview won't be a disaster. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I think I shared with you the, the schools the academia at all levels, it's just not college and university. It's really down into the high school, certainly level, where they are. They can tell what is coming in hasn't been created or, or written by their students because the grammar is too good. <laughs> and, and that's kind of a tell. But Yeah, there's definitely that. And there's at the same time, there's people that have submitted 
AI written materials and even at the master's degree level, they have passed with like a C plus. So it's getting there. <laughs> well, it will get there. You know, I actually dropped in, um, in, in, I don't know if I use the chat one or I used another one, you know, cause there's a lot of resources and I'd love to have you get into it during our hour together. But I, I dropped in one of my book covers um, that and, and what what they came back with was kind of awful. <laughs> it, it had no emotional pull for it. So my experience in a lot of ways is I see the heart and soul not totally there yet. Or will it ever be? I don't know. But why don't you set the stage for us? And also, I want to have you get into... What in the heck is going on with Microsoft and and the Bing world? Because they look like they are ready to uh, nosedive, not negatively, but with a full commitment. They're doing high dives into it. Am I right? They absolutely are. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and back up a little bit here as to what, what's going on for people that aren't aware. And basically back in November... Uh, the company OpenAI released ChatGPT3, which just kind of blew up everywhere. They're, like every blog that you see all over social media, all over the news is uh, ChatGPT this and ChatGPT that. Uh, I probably get 50 emails a day now about something promoting ChatGPT. Uh, and we have to realize that uh, it just came out in November. So this is something that, while it's been years in the making, it's all over the news right now. And I think it's something that it's all over the news for a good reason. And that's because it is super engaging and can actually produce some decent content uh, if you know how to use it. So I think that that's a good thing. Uh, Chat or OpenAI, uh, the company was actually founded by uh, Elon Musk and uh, several other individuals and has gotten uh, over a billion dollars in funding from Microsoft. So okay now which, which, which one is the name for that one? OpenAI is the company, which OpenAI, uh, okay. ChatGPT is one of their products. Okay. All right. And it, yeah, I think it's almost like we have a family tree starting to build. I think. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep. So uh, Microsoft uh, has done a large part of the funding of this, and they announced uh, several weeks ago that they were going to include AI, specifically chat GPT results, uh, as part of their search. Mm -hmm. And this kind of caused Google to take a few steps back. They actually released a code red at their company, kind of like, uh, we've got a problem here, folks. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you take a look at 
what happened with Blockbuster and Netflix coming in, uh, I think Google understandably was concerned that, hey, we've got a game changer out here, and uh, we're the ones that are having to play catch-up. So just by announcing the fact that they were going to do this, Microsoft has a big step up. Now, uh, it's true that uh, Google owns the search market right now. Uh, and, I mean, they've got like 90% of the search market, and the other 10% is comprised of everybody else, including Microsoft's Bing. So it's not like, uh, you know, all, they, they were at 50-50 type thing, and now all of a sudden here's uh, someone making a big change to this. But when you look at how disruptive technologies have changed the landscape for companies in the past, I think Google was concerned. Now, Google has been putting efforts into their own AI for years as well. In fact, they use AI uh, in a lot of the things that they do, but they hadn't released a product like ChatGPT, even though they had been developing similar technologies. So about a week ago now, I guess, Google said that they renamed all of their internal development efforts to a product called BARD, and they basically said that they were going to include BARD in their search results as well. Uh, so we should be seeing that sometime in the next few months, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, when you, there's competition out there like this, it's great for the consumer, and it's just going to push this technology forward that much faster. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Does does Bard stand for something, or it's just like we're going to call this Bard? <laughs> I never saw that it stood for anything. I think that they uh, just basically said that we're going to call it this. I I don't know the backstory on that. Uh huh. Well, then we'll we'll just have to <laughs> figure that one out. All right, so we're gonna, we're getting close to our break. What I want you to do is when we come back is to um, let's go through kind of a step by step. So if, if who's it for? Who's it for? Um, what are some effective ways like authors can use it um, without you know? I mean, I guess they can write a whole book. They can absolutely write a whole book this way. Um, let's get into some of these pros and cons um, as we expand this and and pull it out together. That's what I, I'd love to get into because there. I know that you and I both know there's lots of skeptics out here. Sounds great. All right. So this is also you, your guide to uh, book publishing with me is Greg Jameson. And we're talking about artificial intelligence, how you can use it, how you can uh, avoid making mistakes on it, how you can use it for marketing. I love all that um, in this process as we, we go through that. So with that, we'll be right back. This 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book... If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All righty, so we're kind of um, trying to, to, to unravel a lot of, I think, the confusion about artificial intelligence, although I will tell you, Greg, and my guest is Greg Jameson, um, who is really um, diving into what it can do and what it can't do. And that, um, you know, when I look out, there, there is, I think, fear from a lot of writers. One of the questions I have, will they become obsolete? What do you think, Greg? I think that that... At least in the near future, extremely unlikely. Uh, as you indicated, the content that AI is producing is still fairly crude. And I think that uh, in the long term, uh, we need to learn how to adapt and really use these tools. It's, uh, it, as you and I were talking about yesterday, it's kind of like when the cell phones first came out and people were carrying around these big bag phones that were like the size of a half a briefcase. And now we've got these things that obviously fit in our pocket and are super advanced. And it didn't take that long to go from the the bag phone to having a phone in our pocket that was as powerful as a computer. So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to get there and we're really at the very early stages of exactly what AI can do. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to, to see how this pans out in the next few years. But no, I don't think that writers are going to be replaced by AI. I do think that 
AI, again, as we were talking about before with a calculator, I think it's a tool. And if you learn how to use the tool well, it is actually going to really extend our capabilities and have us be able to produce <clears throat> significantly more content at a faster rate than what we as humans can do. You know, one, one of the things I said to an author group who was in my home on Saturday was, you know, how, why don't you play with it? Why don't you take a, a long, maybe very, a very long, an article or a long blog and, and drop it in wherever you drop it in? Because I haven't played enough in it. So I, you know, I, I, I have to get up the par two here. And drop it in and instruct it. I think you can instruct it to do certain things. Is that correct, Greg? You can. So, okay. So let's instruct it to take your your maybe 2,000-word article or a, a lengthy blog and ask it to divide it into five sections so you can have five blogs and see what it does. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, and in fact, the AI models that I've so far uh, they do have a word limitation on them. The uh -huh. maximum length for uh, any of the ones that I've seen is about 4,000 words, or uh -huh. 4,000, yeah, 4,000 words. So it's uh, not something where you can just sit down and it, it, say, write me a book about uh, a certain topic and have it produce it. It takes some effort to, to kind of go through even uh, the little written by a robot book that mm -hmm. I just did. I did it chapter by chapter and I basically had to tell it a little bit about the previous chapter and then a little bit more about the ch chapter that I wanted it to produce. So one of the things that you'll find when you're playing with it is that the better and more robust the prompt is that you give it, the better the results are going to be. So if you just say, uh, let's say, write me a blog post about internet marketing, it'll come up with something, but it's not going to be very good. Now, if you say, write me a blog post about how Facebook ads are declining in their reach right now, and what a marketer can do to overcome this in the plumbing industry, you're going to get a, a much bigger result, a much better result than uh, it would have otherwise. And the really nice thing about this is that you can then take that result, and especially with one of the chat bots like ChatGPT, you can go back and say, uh, can you try that again, but this time uh, break it down into bullet points for me and make it, uh, give me a little bit more information about what you were saying as it relates to this particular point. And then it will expand upon that and, and give you some more results. So it's kind of like a variation of when you're doing a Google search and you put in a very generic one word 
And then you start adding on more adjectives, more descriptors to it. And it, it, it actually narrows down the search, but it's much, uh, uh, it's much greater than having like putting the word coffee in and getting 6 million popbacks versus putting in best French roast coffee in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Now I'm now I'm I'm down to something manageable. And what you're saying is when you give them more words, more descriptions, more variations or literally um, ask for it to do to incorporate into whatever your storyline is here, um, then then it can go in and do the expansion for you. That's what I'm thinking here. Yep, that's a good. One of the things that happens with this is that. it's really kind of fun to play with because you you might get these results back and then you can say something like, uh, you know, that was okay, but rewrite this now in the style of Ernest Hemingway. Uh, But at the same time, make it be funny. And it'll come back and it will make its attempt to write it like Ernest Hemingway if he's being funny. Not often, but with that, AI tries to do this. And I was talking with a friend the other day about this, and he was like, "Well, isn't this just plagiarizing something?" And it doesn't work that way. It it does not just plagiarize things. Now, it's true that the current model of Chat GPT it only has data through 2021. So if you're trying to get something about current news, it doesn't have that information right now. Okay. Okay. So, but when you say it has data through the year 19, uh, 2021, not 19, but up to <laughs> 20, I am now dating myself, 2021. Um, and he, like you pulled out Ernest Hemingway, or it could be a David, you know, write an article like David Baldashi would have, or John Grisham would, or whatever. Where are they going to, where is the AI pulling this information to try to, to, to duplicate? So there is, uh, the, the, the current AI basically has, uh, what it says is 45 terabytes of data from a number of different sources, including Wikipedia, books, uh, and things that it found on the Internet. Uh, what it does not do is it is not an article spinner. You know, it won't take a single article that it found and just reword it. It is very much like a human doing research. It'll go out there and it'll look at all of the information that it's compiled on a certain topic and then write its own article based upon the information from all these different sources. So it's uh, the the good thing about it is that it's not plagiarizing things. It mm-hmm. is taking data and reworking it uh, with its machine intelligence. It okay. is limited, like I said, but, to but 2020. Got, okay, but, but I've got red flags here now, because if we're asking it to emulate a writing style of a specific um, author or a book that is not in the public domain, how is it going to do that? 
AI magic. Oh, okay. Oh, God, that's what I want to know. AI magic. Because if, if they are pulling samples from well-known, it could be a Dan Brown, you know, create the next Da Vinci, they go for me, um, that, that do these authors have to give permission to be put into the databanks? I don't know that they ever do. Well, I doubt it. It's uh, mm. a publicly available uh, piece of data, uh, which includes books. You know, I mean, anybody can go out and buy a book and uh, read a book by Tom Clancy and then write their own book, kind of emulating his style. There's nothing that prevents a human from doing that. So I don't think that there's anything that's preventing a machine from doing that. Oh, but if a human did it and they could show absolutely duplication, he'd get his tush sued. If it's duplicated, yes. But if it's just uh, written in a certain style, then that's perfectly okay. Well, that's it. That's I think that's where some challenges will be. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to take one more break here. With me is Greg Jamison, and we're talking about AI. And actually, I've made a column list. And, and Greg, I have at the top of one, it says what it can do and what it can't do. I'd love to get into that. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one -on -one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. During my break, my producer Ben hopped in and shared his story about um, a student that is his son, student that uh, could, they were working with it and they can put in like an invisible shield out here um, that 
that they um, are incognito. They can't be found. And then they take the material and they put it through clamor uh, programs like Reezy and Grammarly. And um, there's all kinds of programs out here to clean up writing, to change it. Um, I bet you the Hemingway app would be interesting to use, which I always check my stuff to, or do I have too many adverbs? What's my word count? What grade level am I writing at, et cetera, for blogs and articles? Um, and and it's a, I think we have some ethics issue, Greg. I mean, where's the line? It, I think that there are huge ethical issues as a result of this, and it's going to, you know, maybe the real winners in this is going to be the lawyers. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, let's not help them. <laughs> what is that us? <laughs> yeah, the, it, and it's, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's expanding uh, exponentially. One of the things that I uh, get to mention earlier is that GPT-4 has been announced, uh, there's not a fixed rollout date, but they're saying it's likely to be in early 2023, so in the first half of 2023, and GPT-4 is going to have one trillion parameters as opposed to the 175 billion that GPT is currently trained on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might think, oh, well, of, of course, you know, it's, it's expanding at that rate, but uh, basically, the 100 trillion parameters that GPT-4 has is approximately the same number of synapses or connections in the human brain. So by uh, the first half of this year, we're going to have AI that's openly available to the public uh, that can mimic a human brain. And that does pose huge ethical uh, questions all the way around. And... Uh, I don't have no idea where that's going to go, but I, like I said, it's an exciting time to be here because uh, anytime you have a new technology that is really growing that fast and that people can put their hands around, it uh, it changes the whole landscape. You know, if you look at something like cryptocurrency, people didn't never really get it. Uh, they were like, I don't understand it. I don't care. Uh, and they still spend money in dollars. But AI is a game changer, and it may be the biggest game changer we've seen since the Internet. So there's no question that it's going to create a lot of ethical questions that we're going to have to resolve. And I'm not sure anybody has those answers. Well, no, at least not yet. Um... Uh, and going that, but I, I think that there's some issues going to be coming. All right, so as we went to the break, I had told you I, I made a column. I have two columns, and it, it the it and one of them it says what it can do, what can it do, and the other what can it do. So, and I suspect with how you operate and think and jump in and start figuring things out. I mean, how many people have already? not only written the book, and, and I will tell all of you, when uh, Greg sent it over to me and I went through and I read, I read the whole bloody thing, Greg. And, 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 and I sent him a note back and, and I suspect you fine-tuned it since you sent 
the first edition um, because you've got cartoons in here now and all kinds of things. But I, I said, "Ugh, is boring." All right. So, with that said, but but Greg, actually, we ha I'm I'm holding a bound book that he put together, so you could really see. By golly, you could write a book this way, um, or you could maybe I, I'm going to say you you could manufacture a book, and <laughs> and, and and for. I'm, uh, you know, for, for a business person, for someone who's trying to not only brand their business, build their business, I'm going to talk about what it, I think it can do, um, that creating a, a series of like, you know, um, booklets for your expertise that you could be like giving away um, it could be a game changer for your positioning. What do you think about that, Greg? I think that... Absolutely the case. You can create content much faster. Uh, the big thing that you have to be aware of, and as you saw by going through the book, is mm -hmm. that the things that it puts out, you need to edit it. Uh, for one, and Heavily. part of the reason why yeah. Google was hesitant to put out AI as part of their search results is that the information that it gives you back is not 100% accurate. It's probably about 85% accurate is my guess right now in terms of what it produces. So if you just have the AI write something and you put it out there as your own, that does not make you very credible. Uh, if you go in there and you read what the AI produced and you edit it to actually be what you would have said, it makes it better. But if you look at the little cartoon pictures in the book, they're really crude. They're not very good. And the fact is, is that's kind of where the writing is too. It's, uh, it gives you some great ideas. Uh, if you go into OpenAI and say, give me 10 ideas on uh, blog posts as it relates to internet marketing, it'll come up with 10 ideas for you. And you can then take those and say, okay, so now it gave me this particular idea for a blog article, and you turn around and say, okay, now write a blog about that idea. Uh, and again, like I said, it's probably going to be about 85% accurate. But if you take that information, just as you were doing any other kind of research, and then rewrite that to where it is accurate and is showing your expertise, it can produce content way faster than you would be able to do otherwise. And as a research tool, I think it is fantastic. I, I use it, quite mm -hmm. honestly, almost on a daily basis now to have it do things like uh, write formulas for Excel spreadsheets or write a piece of JavaScript for a website. It can produce decent results really quickly, and I think that that, that's the thing is we all need to learn how to use this new tool because I don't think it's a tool that's going to uh, be one of these things that's here today and gone tomorrow. I think that it's something that we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives. Well, I, you know, you, you were talking about cryptocurrency. I mean, to me, I always felt there's no there there. You know, I looked at it and, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people uh, screwed over with Ponzi schemes and related that. And, and it just sounded so suspicious that um, 
uh, I made a choice to stay away from it. Now, the, the, the other thing is that I remember years and years ago, Craig, that I had invested in um, coffee beans. Um, all, the, all the coffee trees were dying in, in Brazil. Coffee is the number one beverage in the world. And that I decided, well, you know, a couple of friends and I, we pooled our monies and we bought 37,000 pounds of the stuff. And, and and resold it and resold it and and made a lot of money. The trigger of when I knew to get out of it is when all of a sudden the barbershop guy is talking about buying coffee beans or, you know, other, it, it had trickled down so much. I don't see that happening with AI, you know, with that kind of thing. I think it's here. I I, I don't think it's going away. And you're right. I think it's going to, um, fine tune to such a level that that what you were referring to is your the crude cartoons and the crude this um, you're thinking oh my god what was I thinking when I used that because it'll become very sophisticated that's my gut yeah it, it's definitely more sophisticated I think it's going to be something that becomes lot, a lot more sophisticated very quickly. Uh, it's not going to be something that takes decades for this to happen. The, that decades of getting to this point has already happened. We're at the bottom of the hockey stick curve here, and uh, it's definitely something that it's going to incorporate absolutely every aspect of our lives. We, we've seen it getting there already when we call somebody up on a phone and there's a robot answering the phone. Uh, it's going to be what, to the point at some point in the very near future where the robot's going to answer the phone and we're not going to know that it's not a human on the other end. Right now we do know, but it's... Well, are you, it's, referring, to, are, are you referring to like the, the outsourcing of all the customer services that are the norm now? Yes, uh, but, you know, you, you call somebody and it's rare that you get a human being on the phone anymore. And when you get this machine on the other end, you know, it says press one for this, press two for that or whatever, or say this or say that. You can tell it's a robot. I think that it's getting to the point where speech recognition and the ability to communicate with a machine in plain English is actually really close. And I think it's going to be uh, very soon that we call some, call a number and it sounds like a human on the other end rather than a robot on the other end. Well, just a comment, because I don't want to waste a lot of time. I don't think the, the phone trees that they use for customer service have done much in advancing. I, I, I view them as being caught in purgatory. When <laughs> I, to me, no I, I've spent hours trying to get through, and then you think you get to someone and you, they hang up. I mean, it's horrendous. Um, so why haven't then they been able to make it better? I, I'm just curious on that, and, and I, I, I think we should stay away from this. Let's come back to my code. Um, what can it do? We've got about a minute before our next break, a final break. But so use it for scripting, use it for creating formulas. What else? 
what else should we really right now in the here and now in the cruder stage of it should we as authors and writers think about using it the biggest thing is opinion it's a great research tool it saves you a ton of time uh, in the research process and just in generating initial ideas Mm -hmm. So this has taken Surrey <laughs> from our phones to a whole nother level where you're asking about something and it gives you a whole bunch of stuff and you knew have to go after it that where this actually produces it. Uh, if you'll chew on that, we're going to take our final break. We'll be back. This is Greg Jameson. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we are in the wide, wide, as the AI world turns, 
um, environment. And and again, I, I asked Greg to, you know, let's, what we can do, research is a great tool. Um, I, I've told people, I think you should take some of the material you've written and give it to the, uh, the let, let an AI system crunch it and create a whole bunch of blogs out of it. Um, and then, then what I think you ought to do is you go back in and now you fine tune it, you know, per, start per, personalize it a little bit, make sure you have a call to action at the end. Um, and it'll, you know, instead of spending a couple of hours on each blog, you might be able to do it in 15 minutes. Have you done that at all, Greg? I have. Uh, ever since this came out I and I've been playing with it, I've taken a look to see how uh, it can generate blog posts for me. And if I like the content, mm-hmm. I, I out a couple of blog posts that were actually entirely written by AI with me just editing it. Mm-hmm. And I have not embraced that full on. And part of the reason is that Google is still taking a look at AI written content and not ranking it as high in the search engines as it is human written content. Uh, I suspect that's going to change because they actually came out with a statement saying that they were no longer going to penalize AI written content. But uh, it's still one of those things where you, if you don't have the human element in it, it just doesn't come across as really resonating with your customers as well. You asked about, you know, what kinds of things should you be using this for? As you know, I'm in the e-commerce space. I develop a lot of shopping cart websites for people. Uh, And one of the things that most entrepreneurs struggle with, as it turns out, is writing good product descriptions. Uh, I've got a client, for example, that sells jewelry and uh, really nice jewelry, but they don't have any product descriptions on their website at all. They just show pictures of it and say, here's a pair of earrings. And I'm like, you really need to write something about this because humans may or may not read it, but the search engines do read it. And so you need to describe what this particular set of earrings is like. So I showed him, I said, let's go in here and you've got some triangular shaped uh, hammered sterling silver earrings. Write a product description for this. And the AI comes up and it writes several paragraphs that are actually really good as a starting point, you know, saying how these things look great when you're uh, out with everyday attire, but they also work really well when you're uh, out for the evening and you're all dressed up and whatnot. They, uh, you know, are a compliment to any outfit, yada, yada. And it, it does a great job of coming up with some initial content. As we said, you need to tweak it, but that's the kind of thing that if you're stuck thinking about how can I write a particular thing, it's a great starting point. And I think that whether you're writing product descriptions, whether you're writing blog posts, whether you're writing a chapter of a book, uh, that's what you should do is you should use it as a starting point. And then, as I mentioned earlier, once it comes up with something, 
you take one of the things that it came up with and you said it says these earrings look great with uh, they, they complement any attire you then go in and you say can you expand upon why these earrings look great with any attire and then it'll come up with a whole new set of paragraphs and you can just keep going that way and say okay we'll expand upon this idea and it is it ends up being a research tool that way, and it's a great way, I think, for anyone to uh, really start to think about things a little bit differently than maybe the way they were thinking uh, without using the tool. Well, you know, actually, I saw some uh, descriptions made for exactly what you're 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 describing here. Um, that very short, clippy, tight. Um, that to to put out where, you know, you have limited space to have your descriptors in or what a product is. And they actually looked fairly good. Um, they, they didn't look cheesy or at all. So I was impressed with that. So for, for, for you know, those of you who have your books out and maybe you're going to run an ad, maybe this is where you could play a little bit. And before you put that ad up, to let let AI see what it comes up with, um, and can you give it a a, a a limitation of how many words to use and things like that, as well as what words they must use, Greg? Yeah, with with ChatGPT there is not a word limitation set on there, but with the OpenAI Playground, you can actually specify a maximum length of words, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I think that, as you were saying, for ads, it's a fantastic starting point for ads because uh, mm-hmm. the information that I've seen it generate uh, is very much uh, something that is probably ad-related content where it it has a lot of that in its database. Uh, so you could actually feed it uh, you know, if you've got a book, as you were saying, you've got a book description, and the book description yeah. is be uh, three or four paragraphs that you put up on Amazon right. as an example mm-hmm. to describe what the book is. Mm-hmm. Feed that into the AI and say, this is what this book is about. Write a an ad that is limited to 30 words uh-huh. about somebody should buy this book, and it'll produce a really decent starting point for you. Well, I love that idea. In fact, I'm going to play with that. That's that's where I'm going to play um, because I have, I've got a historical fiction book um, that's new, just you know, like two months old, not even. And I've got a book that uh, I just finished, my latest book, The Author's Walk, that's being laid out right now, um, and will be available. It, I mean, it will be available before this month, um, the month of March, is over. So um, I think I'm going to play with it to see if it can snap, crackle, and pop, which would be way fun. It would be fun. You know, and that's and then you can measure it. I mean, it is your, for all of you, it, you know what the work is, you know what the emotional is, and sometimes, you know, what the, the advertising people come up with, if you were going to go out and hire an advertising firm, may not even be in the channel you would think about. So, um and this is something you can do. Well, well, chat G- GPT is free, isn't it? 
or is it? Is there? Is there? What's the cost of this stuff? The uh, everything that OpenAI, the company, puts out right now is initially free. That includes the OpenAI Playground. It includes the Doll E uh, graphics generator, and it includes mm -hmm. ChatGPT. At the same time, uh, they are a company. It's not a nonprofit organization. And so it's become so popular that if you go to ChatGPT in particular, that uh, frequently anymore, it'll say that it's at capacity and uh, try again later. Uh, they are putting out a paid version of that so that you can, even if it's at capacity, you can basically uh, pay to get into the system and not have to wait for your results. Uh, the Dolly image generator is uh, gives you like 40 free credits, I think, uh, which basically means it'll generate up to 40 graphics for you for free. And then you can pay $15 uh, and get 100 more credits. I'm not sure exactly what that price is, but I think that's about what it is. Uh, so th there are paid options. There's a lot of other options out there that are not part of OpenAI that, you know, it, it's become such a popular thing that everybody started putting out all these different applications. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that any of them produce any better results or even as good of results as what OpenAI is doing but you can pay to use a whole bunch of other uh, different AI systems. Okay, and so, most uh, Greg, I, yeah, okay, so Greg, here's what I think we need to do. We're like within 90 seconds to close here. For, for a newbie, can, can you give me a step one, two, three? If, 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 I think y'all should be looking this over. So what's the first thing, we, where do we go? The first thing I would do if you've never played with it before is just yeah. go to openai.com, sign up for a free account. That will give you access to the Dolly image generation, the OpenAI Playground, and ChatGPT. Uh, and all you have to do is provide your email to it. So it's just openai.com and, okay. and right. start playing with it. The best thing you can do is spend a couple hours and play with it. All right, so so commit to a couple of hours. What what's next? Uh, then I would say, you know, after you've uh, played with it for a while, you're going to find that either it's going to work well for you, or in its current form, it's not. Uh, it depends upon your style. In my particular case, like I said, I've found that it works good for simple programming tasks, and it works good for uh, kind of creating a paragraph at a time for certain topics. Uh, okay. If, so if it's working, go ahead and do some more. And if it's not, hold off a little bit and see what the next generation is before you come back again. Would that be a summation? Yep. Okay. Guess what? We're out of time. All right. We, I think we're going to have to come back and do this again. <laughs> it, it was fun. And the whole ethical questions is and where the whole is going is going to be fun to see. It's going to be big. Greg Jameson, thank you so much for being with us.
for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryan.